As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to MAF Sports Take. Whether it's breaking news or sports business, this is your home for unmuzzled and unconventional sports talk. With assistant general manager, director of player personnel, and three-time world champion on his resume, David Turner has a thing or two to teach you about pro football. At his side is Ryan Roberts, former college football player, football coach, and NFL Draft Bible's director of scouting. Together, they're here to take you on a deep dive into what goes on in the world of sports. Ryan and David, take it away. Welcome to Mad Sports Take. We are episode 49, closing in on the 50th edition of hearing myself and Mr. David Turner talk sports. We're your weekly podcast for sports business and a whole lot more. Here we tackle the business of all the news that you hear about and a lot that you actually don't as well. Tonight, Dave and I will be welcoming our guest, who's a director of football operations, new director of football operations, and player personnel for the East-West Shrine Bowl, Mr. Eric Galco. We will be diving in to the changes that he's made already to the Shrine game and how Eric is trying to, you know, I mean, let's call it what it is. He's trying to compete with the senior bowl. He's trying to leave his mark on what the Shrine Bowl has been and trying to see what it can become. Of course, we know that every week me and David are here to chop it up, but I haven't had David for the last couple weeks. So my friend, I always start us out here. How are you? How's everything going? I'm doing well. You know, I appreciate you holding down things while I was working through a few uh, little health uh, issues and problems. But, you know, now I'm back and I'm back in the seat and having Eric on tonight is going to be fantastic to be able to talk about these new dynamics he's setting up. And, you know, again, as we love to do here, Mavericks is talk the business of football. And this is a definite shakeup from what we're used to. So I think this is a great guest to kick it off and have episode 49. Yeah, no, absolutely. And David, we're closing in on that 50th. Like I said, that's the gold anniversary. So make sure you send me something nice in the mail. And I'm excited to dig into this. Obviously, Eric Galco, who has made a big splash early on in his tenure with the the Shrine game. And we're going to be talking very in-depth about that, of course. Um, The big move out to Vegas, I know, is going to be a a thing that we're going to talk heavy with him about. Obviously, his experience in sporting world in general and obviously in in the football world. We are really excited to bring that to you tonight. B, 
Before we get into that, though, we here at Maverick Sports Consulting would like to speak to athletes, parents, and schools trying to navigate the new name, image, and likeness market. Here at Maverick Sports, we are helping tailor the right marketing plan for athletes in the marketplace. Opportunities are anywhere, and if you're struggling to make sense of it, please contact us to help you make money while you play sports. Let our history of negotiation contracts, working with companies to market to their ideal customer and make sure you deal doesn't conflict with your school's existing deal so that all parties can ultimately make money. Don't leave money on the table. Sign up today at mavericksportsconsulting.com. I think that's a good thing to start with, David. Before we have Eric Galco on in a couple minutes, before actually we do, I want to say thank you to everybody that is out there in live. Um, we are live, of course, on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. We take live questions, so if you want to throw it in, we're very interactive. But we want to thank you for being a part of the show. Again, coming up on the 50th, we would not be here if it was not for all of your support. So in the chat, throw a question. If you have a question for Mr. Eric Galco while he's on, we welcome you. But, David, I know when you – when I actually was not on the show three weeks ago, and you were on with James Kirkland – and I know that you all spoke heavily, and I listened to the episode, obviously, because I love you, and you spoke heavily about the name, image, likeness um, trends and the ability for athletes to make money off of what they are, right? The entity. And I just saw Bryce Young, quarterback from Alabama, who has not started a football game yet, but will be this year, rising sophomore, fantastic talent, five-star recruit out of California, has made David almost a million dollars and NIL deals so far since that opened up. So real quick, let's talk about this, man. I cannot lie to you. Okay. I am all for these athletes being able to make name, um, make, make the money off of what they present as an individual brand. As you know, follow me on Twitter, rise and draft. I talk about building brands all the time. I have my brand. Mav Sports Take, of course, is a brand. Maverick Sports Consulting is a brand. That is what we are building here. I cannot lie, though. When I saw that he has thrown 22 passes and he has almost made a million dollars, I didn't know how to make sense of it because that, for me, is where I think the lines get a little blurred because, I mean, that's a large chunk of money. That's not like at some point, my question is to you, at some point, is there a line between making money off your brand and your likeness as an amateur athlete, but then kind of straddling that line between what is amateur? At what point are you a paid athlete, like a professional athlete almost to a degree? Well, as long as the institutions aren't paying the individuals, they're not a paid athlete because right. they're not getting paid to perform. That you know, that's obviously the switch of professionalism to not not to amateur. Here, you're getting name, image, and likeness, which might yeah. be confusing to people. That's why I opened up Mavericks Consulting Business now to consult parents, uncles, aunts, AAU coaches, whoever's guiding these athletes, these men and women athletes, these youngsters. And again, it can start in high school. Think about this. If you're a high school five-star athlete going into your senior year and you have some you know, local support and on your social media – there could be a local Montessori school or there could be a local car dealership or there could be a local, um, you know, pub or something that wants to sponsor you for, you know, putting some tweets out, putting some videos out, 
putting a TikTok out, hosting a podcast. You know, that's one thing that we want to develop for these youngsters is podcasts and teach them how to podcast through their career to improve their branding. Because if you show sponsors, you can talk, walk and deliver messages and, you know, read off the queue, the sponsorship cues. Hey, you can make a lot of money. It's what they do in sports casting. A lot of, uh, a lot of athletes like to go into that once they retire, look at, you know, like Troy Aikman and stuff, you know, again, they go into the booth, right? John Lynch went into the booth. Well, what's the best way to do that? Videos and podcasting, building your brand in all ways possible. And that's why at Mavericks, we really wanted to open this up. I had a really extensive talk with some agent friends of mine that got into the NIL market and because now they can talk to kids early and uh, mm-hmm. work with them on NIL deals. And then hopefully that will spring into representing them later. I was like, well, you know, I'm not saying my friends are dirty pool, but I'm like, that is kind of a dirty back door into this, you know? And so therefore I was like, why doesn't Mavericks do it? Because at least then I can get involved right away with them and we can say, Hey, listen, that's a good deal. That's not a good deal. Oh, you're entering into Arizona state. Well, Arizona state is a, you know, what an Adidas school and you're going on a Nike contract. You might want to be careful there because it, you, you, what they require of your pregame warmups might contradict what, you know, Arizona state does. And now you've entered into a deal that you might have to pay the money back because you didn't see that coming. You know, I want to put my goggles on for them and represent them and try to um, give them the best uh, opportunity to be successful in this new marketplace, which is really the wild West right now. And people are trying to figure it out. Compliance offices are really having to stay away a little bit from it because schools have been told you can't tell the kids where to go get marketing and what to do and, you know, help them get marketing deals, your hands off. So a compliance office is like, well, if I'm hands off, how do I know what's going on? Right. Right. So I've approached a few universities and just said, Hey, why don't you hire me as your in-between where the kids present the, 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 their deals to me, I'll be the consultant, and I'll also know what your deals are. So I'm your middleman. I'm your middle road, and I can help out compliance athletes and everybody alike to make sure it makes sense. Now, here's the really sticky part for the universities. See, Jim Harbaugh got like Air Jordan up there in Michigan, right, because they wanted to sponsor all Michigan athletes. But what if now – what if now – Jordan's like, I only need the top five players on Michigan. I don't need the whole squad. So I'm just going to sponsor the top five guys, you know, and, and not the whole team anymore. Right. Now, that's where it's going to start getting tricky because we saw it in the NFL where, like, again, the entire NFL is, you know, a one jersey, uh, pants, you know, sideline attire company, but shoes, gloves, they're all different, Right. So again, are we gonna we're gonna probably see a move like that for kids and and athletes in college sports? This also goes beyond football. I mean, our strength, your mind is football, right? Let's talk about the golfers, let's talk about the tennis players, let's talk about you know the swimmers. Everybody can jump in and get on this. And one of the first deals I saw were the twin basketball players from Fresno, the um the gals. Um, I apologize. I forgot their name right now. It's slipping my mind. Um, yep. But they got a they got a really big deal. What about the gaming company? That was awesome. That was a brilliant move. Gaming company opened up a way to, for athletes to come in and give access to youngsters who want to play games against certain people. I mean, there's so many ways to make money. And again, we just want to do it the right way. We want to make sure the young athletes have guidance along the way. 
as yeah. well as like trying to pair them with the right companies. A lot of these young people that I meet these days, they really have a good social presence. So some of them are like, you know, I want to align myself, my brand with mm -hmm. certain companies that are socially responsible. So again, Mavericks can dive into that for them and make sure that this is the company they want to take the deal from Yep, and spend their time doing, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, no, and there's a lot of layers to it. I know we're going to welcome Eric Galco to the show in just a second. A couple things I will say is I saw a lot of pushback against some people that were just saying at the beginning, these athletes need to be educated in what they're doing, making these deals. They need to be very understanding of what their name image likeness brings to a brand and what they're getting back for because it's like the know your worth side of it, right? So I think professionals like yourself and others that – you know, have the urge to educate these athletes. Because I, I was talking to Jody Leone and we're just like, some of these colleges, I feel like should have a course teaching them this, right? Like some of these, they take basket weaving and stuff like that. Like teach them how to do this process right. So that's- I know, but that's, that's the one point I've learned. The colleges yeah. have been told not to get involved <sighs> because then they could be seen as tampering or pointing them towards a- a certain person or persons and 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 then again it's just that's why I, that's why i've approached the institutions right that's so i can be the middleman where right. they're not having to be a bad guy with the player like just again imagine a, a tennis player comes and wants to be sponsored by reebok but the the <laughs> team is sponsored by nike right and they're supposed to use nike rackets and this and that i can work on behalf like an arbitrator on both the yeah. player and the school to find a middle ground, what they can and can't do. The school's not in a position where, like, this is our deal, take it or leave it, kid. You know, we can work together, and it gives them an advocate, the school, the kid a little bit of an advocate, but also I explain to the kid, you can't have everything that you want. You know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to give a little here, and we're going to have to rework this deal. But also, they don't have to go back to the company and rework the deal by themselves. I can help them. You know, I can negotiate with the companies as I've done for many years and really set set it apart so that the young man or woman has somebody on their side. But I'm not a, I don't work, you know, at the school. I'm not technically, you know, one of the school's employees. So, right. you know, that's I'm just trying to find that middle ground, that navigating crap. <laughs> I want to be the navigator on the ship just to help them, you know. No, absolutely. And I really want to get into the agent side of the conversation when we, when we, um, after our interview with Eric Galco, I'm actually going to bring him on now because I, I'm really looking forward to just the inside scoop. I had the pleasure of talking to Eric a few weeks ago, right after he had gotten the position um, with the East West Shrine Bowl. So I really want to dig into just kind of his experiences. Wel welcoming now to Mav Sports Take, we have Mr. Eric Galco, who is the new director of football operations and player personnel for the East West. Shrine Bowl. Eric, how's everything going, man? Good, right. Appreciate having me on, man. Thanks Absolutely. for coming on, Eric. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Look no, at that. I, Look I, at that nice background he's got. He's repping the shirt. They're obviously Nike bad. shirt. Oh, yeah. You're, up, you're all logoed up. I see you. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's riding in style. Meanwhile, I am in the process of moving, so I got the blank wall in the background. But usually we got a nice <laughs> little backdrop in. But Eric, I really wanted to thank you so much for taking the time. Obviously, I know it's an incredibly busy time for you. And I just really want to touch base just a little bit of your experiences, your early time with the East-West game, and just kind of dig in a little bit. So I think the good spot to start with, 
for, I feel like most people recognize the name, but can you just briefly just give us a little insight? We'd love to hear your professional journey and how you first got into the sports and football industry in general. Yeah, uh, happy to appreciate you guys having me on and looking forward to talking to you guys now for, for a while. Um, you know, my background, I, most people say, you know, unique. Um, you know, certainly I, I kind of stumbled upon something going on 15 plus years ago of trying to, to serve people in the industry that I thought could benefit from objective player evaluation, uh, ideas, models, processes, et cetera, who maybe weren't NFL teams and who weren't Twitter at the time, right? 15 years ago, Twitter was very new. And thankfully, I was kind of one of the earlier guys that are covering the NFL draft way back when. But but I really focused immediately on, hey, how can I solve a problem, which I saw was inefficiency throughout the football evaluation space. And I, I started working with agents and smaller pro teams, uh, a lot of the startup leagues you've heard of, a lot of them you haven't heard of, um, I work with over the last 15, 20 years. And Really, between that working in media, um, you know, having a credibility enough at that early early part of my career to kind of have some credibility with NFL scouts, what I really gathered from it was I had a wealth of information that was totally unique. Right, I had experiences in my career that were unlike anybody else had had up to that point, and I think still to this day. And what that gave me was incredible perspective, not just as an evaluator to see players of all different levels of football but also working with people at the college, the athlete, the agent, the NFL team, the CFL team, the startup league, seeing the operation and business piece. I had all these weird experiences in my whole career that thankfully over the last you know five, six years, I'm able to kind of put those experiences together, have a real story that I can tell and say, hey, here's how I can add value to your organization. And that's led to working with you know NFL teams most recently, the XFL. I was the league's director of player personnel there from 2018 to April 13th of 2020, RIP to the XFL. Um, and then after kind of a year back in consulting, uh, I got a chance to, um, to work with the East-West Shrine Bowl, which I'm incredibly excited about. It's a game I went to when I first started out. It's an incredible charitable aspect of the game. It's a game that's been around for 96 years. It's been the 97th Shrine Bowl, which is incredible history and a chance to kind of go back to my roots, go back to where kind of all started, which is going to an all-star game, trying to meet people is really uh, humbling. And I'm a very appreciative to get a chance to work with the game that I, I started out covering uh, way back when. Yeah, and now, I, I know it's it's really oh, exciting ahead, because it's really exciting because, you know, I know, you know, and that's an important piece is that the, the history of the East-West game, I feel like some people don't realize, you know, the longest running all-star game. And I'm excited about the opportunity. Eric, if I had to ask you, though, because you've been in so many different perspectives, like you said, you have a very unique perspective because you've kind of been there, done that, multiple roles, ran leagues, consulting spot. For you, what do you feel like has been your most enjoyable or maybe not enjoyable, maybe that's the right <clears throat> word. Maybe, what is the most revealing and opportunity for growth that you've had that maybe it was like an eye-opening experience for you in the industry? You know, one thing, and I thank him a lot now, I've had a lot of cool opportunities. A lot of it's I've just been irrationally confident, right? Working with people that I maybe couldn't really add a lot of value to, just trying to find ways to do it. But I think I got the most growth just four years ago after doing this for so long, working at the XFL and having people like Oliver Luck and Sam Schwarzen and Doug Willie, who I work with, kind of give me a lot of responsibility and kind of figure it out. Hey, you have the whole player personnel, everything involved with that for players. Don't screw it up, right? Vince McMahon's going to kill you if you do, right? And it's that kind of motivation to say, hey, when you have ownership over something, it really makes you bring to the best in you, right? Whether you're a quarterback and a rookie on an NFL offense, a startup league, or starting your own venture, kind of having that ownership where it all falls on you if it goes wrong. 
it allowed me to get a lot better. I think I, I had this tools to be a scout. I've run all-star games before the XFL. I've run these all those events, but kind of a chance to put all my experience together and then get three times better as a football operations person, a personnel person, a communicator, an evaluator, all those things. That's what I probably grew the most. That was the XFL. And, and I, I kind of echo that to people all the time that sometimes it's better to kind of have ownership over a small thing than to be involved with a huge operation where you kind of can't control what your perspective may be. Yeah, you know, here at the Maverick Sports Consulting and at Mavs uh, Sports Take, we like to talk about the business of football and, and sports in general. And I know you're talking about having the opportunity, XFL and everything, but then you talked about, you know, when that that went uh, that went away <laughs> yeah. and got buried, um, you had to take a step back and you had to, like, kind of <laughs> get back into your consulting roots and things. How did this opportunity with the Shrine come to fruition? Can we educate? Is it okay to educate our listeners about – how you what the process went, what the interview process went, just so they can learn a little bit and hear from from the man who was successful during this process and capturing the job, what it was like, what it looked like for them. Yeah, you know, a lot of it is, you know, this, this industry is relationships, but it's also relationships that you make yourself. And I had uh, become friendly with uh, someone of the Shriners organization named Bob Roller. Um, he was kind of going to lead you know, he's, he's a, a, on the board or works at the Shriners Hospital for Children. There's a lot of work on that front. Um, but he was looking to kind of bring someone on to kind of lead the game moving forward. And and he and I had a relationship a little bit and really just kind of talking to him, not asking for a job, just saying, hey, I'm consulting in this space. But at the time, the Shrine Bowl was, you know, TBD when I first started talking to him because COVID had just kind of ramped up, obviously, and just kind of helping, helping him strategize a little bit, share what I knew about what the Big Ten was doing, what the Pac-12 was doing right, and just – trying to add value here or there again, really from my perspective or from his not about taking over the shrine bowl, but just to really help people and add value. And I, I've learned in my career that, you know, whenever I can, you know, whether it's having people owe me favors or just doing the right thing and help people, if you have the opportunity to it, it Maybe 10 years later, it pays dividends, right? I made a friend at the WWE five years before, and that's the person that referred me to the XFL when I got that job as well. So it's it's hopefully a good indication of, hey, you kind of put good stuff out there. Sometimes it's a really easy thing you can do on your end that can make a world different from somebody else, and that usually pays dividends later. And, you know, I kind of befriended Bob Roller and, and still had an interview process and kind of shared my vision for the Shrine Bowl could be and what I believe it will be and can be. Um, and I think that vision kind of, coalesce with what they were hoping to hear, I think hoping to do with the Shrine Bowl. And and I think the chance to make the Shrine Bowl the number one NFL and college offseason event uh, was a goal we both aligned on. And I think I had a good vision, a good plan, and hopefully I'll execute it this year and beyond. But but I think our vision's aligned and it was able to be a good fit and, and hopefully we have a lot of success this year moving forward. And, and I know we're very interested in kind of the long-term outlook specifically. <clears throat> I know I am, but I wanted to talk about a little of the short-term changes that you've already made. Yeah. We're talking about the Move out to Vegas, of course, um, kind of the extension of the week of the Pro Bowl, if we want to, for a looser term, extension there. So I want to just ask you, for those opportunities, those quick changes to the game, and I think it's going to be very successful, uh, what most excited you about the opportunity to move it out to Vegas? Why was that a move that made sense for the game right now? Yeah, really, we had, uh, you know, we had looked at a lot of great, uh, locations, venues to have the game. Um, the game was was potentially going to leave Tampa. We wanted to explore that um, right you know, shortly after I got brought on. And I think we saw, we had a chance to kind of see a lot of different places and say, wow, this is a really, this this event could be really cool here. This event could be really cool here. We, we can do this here that we can't do anywhere else. This is something that no All-Star game has ever had the chance to do. Uh, but for us, you know, a lot of it ends up coming from, hey, 
getting a chance to work with the NFL on a lot of different goals that we have, and they'll be announced, you know, moving forward. But, but I think having the NFL's kind of endorsement and support, um, and really for us, it's it's a lot of the NFL believing in us, believing in the Shriners Hospital for Children. Um, knowing the game's history, um, us being able to be flexible a bit on on location and what we're doing. Um, and then Vegas is obviously a huge win. The Pro Bowl being in Vegas this year and, and getting a chance to kind of kick off Pro Bowl week from the awareness of the Shriners Hospital for Children's standpoint um, is also very valuable too. Right now we have the whole NFL amplifying the the objectives and, and what the Shriners Hospital for Children really does. So for us, it was a, an NFL partnership. You know, made too much sense on that front. But really, from an event standpoint, I think Vegas allows us to kind of do what we have to do as an event, but opens up so many cool opportunities. And I've gotten such amazing feedback, not just from people in the media and from athletes and from agents, from NFL personnel saying they're fighting to go to the Shrine Bowl this year if they can help it at all. They want to get that Shrine Bowl spot. That's kind of the buzz and the excitement because, you know, there's a lot of really important things that we're going to hopefully bring to the industry and bring to our athletes and bring to, you know, kind of the, the, the Shriners Hospital of Children for sure. And I think Vegas kind of gives us that spark plug to kind of push all those things forward, right? Now we have people's attention. Now the NFL is behind us. Now the NFL is with us and endorsing us. Now it's like, okay, now I want people to say put up or shut up because we're going to offer a lot at the Shrine Bowl this year. Now, you know, that's a short term and we're excited about that. Now, long term vision for this game. What what is your, yeah. you know, three, five, ten year, you know, plan for this game that you got coming coming forward? Yeah, I mean, as soon as possible and 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 likely as soon as this year, we hope to be, you know, the number the goal is, and I've said it a, a couple of times so far, to be the number one event of the NFL and college offseason. Um, you can name the events, whether it's other all-star games, the combine. We aim to be the most important event of that process. I think we have a lot of cool ways we're accomplish those goals. And um, I think we're going to be in the mix this year um, without kind of saying too much. I think we're going to be in the mix already for this year. But I think long term, I'd like to make every aspect of the industry get something really valuable from the Shrine Bowl. I mentioned, you know, my experience, right, is kind of add value to people early on in my career. I think I still want to do that. So whether it's media, people in the industry that want to get started, um, analytics personnel in the league and outside the NFL, agents, athletes, NFL people, scouts and GMs, everybody. I, I want, I've got goals in mind for all those little subcategories. And I want people to say, hey, you know what? I got this, or I learned this, or I was able to receive this from the Shrine Bowl. And I think if I can keep building those and make every one of those subgroups happy by year two, year three, year four, that'd be great. But again, the the, the goal, you know, present right now is, is to say, hey, how do I make this event right now the number one NFL and college offseason event? I think we're going to get there this year. I feel pretty good about it. I love it. And I, I know, Eric, you obviously have given us a lot of time. I really kind of want to just end us on a quick note because we have a lot of obviously, you know, you know, Twitter is is ridden with guys that are have dreams of getting in the industry, whether that is on the media side, whether that is on the scouting side, whatever it might be. Obviously, we talked about, you know, the fact that you bring multiple hats, you bring multiple perspectives to the industry. So if you could just leave the listeners, the viewers that are taking a look and just listening to all your experiences and everything that you have done, if there is some advice that you can give to them, how do you get into what is a tough industry at first to get into? The answer at, at times is is luck as the end answer. But before that is making sure you've got a wealth of multiple skills or a wealth of skills that can fit no matter who you're talking to, right? Um, I'll use my own experience. 
you know, the XFL most recently, my experience working with middle to small size agencies ended up being extremely valuable for the XFL to want to hire me, right? That's luck that that job came up and I had that experience they wanted. And I was prepared because I had that. The Shrine Bowl, same experience. I work with a smaller all-star game in a, in a limited capacity, but I knew the ins and outs. I think what people sometimes, especially on social media, you want to kind of just you know write a blog for this website or, or be a feature writer here or you want the title. The title doesn't matter. It's the story you can tell and the experiences that you have. So I encourage people to, if you can, if you have the privilege to do so, you know, try to do a lot of things, wear a lot of hats, be aggressive, try to get something in football operations at a local college or recruiting and and help in that space. Try to have a lot of things going on. Some people can't afford that uh, from a time perspective. That's tough as well. But but I've gotten a lot out of doing a lot of different things. I've done operations, recruiting, scouting, player personnel, analytics, all the rest. And I think it's important people to kind of try to add a lot of skills and tools to your toolbox because you don't know who the interviewer, who the job is going to be. You know, we've got a lot of people on our staff. We just lost two people in the last 24 hours, uh, just accepted jobs at uh, three people in the last three weeks, jobs at the college level that they were not expecting they would get, but they were prepared because they got a chance to work with us, work on other areas and kind of put those experiences together. And their interviewer said, you know, because you did this, which they never expected to be valuable, we want you here. So my advice is don't just do one thing. Don't just try to be somebody. Just go out there and get as much unique experience. Even if it's just football adjacent, it'll be valuable one day. No, I love this and that's advice. An like, like Eric just said, yeah. it's like wear multiple ads, do multiple things. I, no, I can totally agree with Eric because and it, it got me all fired up because when I was in the NFL, I was just a personnel guy. I was just a scout, right? But then I started working in arena football and I had to be – you know, the football operations guy, I had to, I had to hire and manage the interns. I had to work with, make sure all the video department was in that gave me such a wealth of knowledge. Then when I came back to the NFL and now that I'm consulting, I have a wide range of ability to deliver. And one of our main things as Ryan knows is know what's on the mind of the interviewer. Well, sometimes you don't know that, but if you have the skills and they ask you a certain question, then the answer comes easily for you. And Eric, I, I think what really is a great thing is I, I know it's probably frustrating a little bit short. To, well, maybe, again, frustrating is probably not the right term, but you know, you, you just mentioned two guys in the last 24 hours. Obviously, that's turnaround. You have to kind of figure out your next move, but it has to be rewarding for you to know that it's almost like a pipeline oh, yeah. for bigger and better jobs. It has to be kind of just a really rewarding aspect of the position, I would think. Absolutely. We, I mean, I don't. I, I, I take a lot. I'm very proud of our guys and I'm proud of our process, um, but it's not me, right? It's them taking the initiative. We've got a good plan. We've got a good development program and it's awesome to see that. So I don't, you know, I go out parading and say, oh, here's all the guys left for the NFL. I think we our track record is pretty strong and I'm, I'm very proud of our guys at Chance to Work Hard because just as many guys that make it are the ones that realize they don't love this or they don't want to do this job. And that's great too. It's an important learning as well. It's not a negative. I'm happy when that happens as well. Cause you kind of know, but um, no, I'm very proud of our, our guys. I won't name their names, but very proud of our guys. Most recently that got, got opportunities. And, and again, they're going to add another tool to their toolbox. And when the right opportunity comes, one wants to work on the NFL, one wants to work in college. And I think they'll both accomplish their goals in the, in the near future, but really excited for them. Now, will you be relocating <laughs> and living in Vegas and everything, or just coming out for the event? <laughs> Unfortunately, I won't be relocating. I, I do have to go out there very often, which poor me. Uh, but I won't be relocating. I'll be. I live in Boston, so I'll stay up here in Boston. But but thankfully, Vegas is um, a city that's 
incredibly behind us. Um, the city of Vegas is motivated to have us there and they're going to have a lot of cool things coming as well. They, you know, they, they're excited that the draft kind of starts or begins in, in Vegas. And then the draft is in Vegas. So that they like that kind of tentpole idea um, for sure. But no, I'll be out there. I'll be out there quite a bit. I haven't hit a thing at the blackjack table yet, but I'll keep trying. I promise. I'll keep you guys posted. Well, let me know next time you're up there because it's only a 45 minute flight here from from Arizona. I can meet you, and we can Love we can it. hit seven and elevens all day long, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, my man. No, no player talk here. No player talk. It's, well, you know what? We were just trying to get the business information out of you. And all right, all right. that's fine. Hey, that's I, fine. I hope it's not that's the fine. last time we get to talk to you about this. And you know, obviously the player and everything. Hey. I was about that to say, Eric, to me, I mean, that, that's an, a future invitation. You got to come back on to get the player talk. But again, <laughs> Mr. Eric Galco, new director of football operations and player personnel for the East West Shrine Ball. Really excited to see where you take the game, Eric. Appreciate the time so much, man. This was fantastic. Really do appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Dave. Have a good one. Thanks, Eric, so much. Thanks. All right. Whoops, just click David Turner off the screen, but he is back, Mr. Eric Galco. David, that was really fun, man. I, I, we, we need to mix in some player talk next time, but I will say a lot of good information. One thing I really liked was he was very open and honest about a lot of aspects of the game, of the of the process. You know you get some interviews sometimes where people are just very like, you know, they're playing the political side of things, right? Like, yes, I'm very excited. Uh, we'll see what happens. Those kind of cliches. He was very open. He wants to be the number one NFL draft uh, event. He wants to be the number one offseason event. Those are his goals. And I feel like a lot of people are very interested because they're for the longest time, I'm just talking about the all-star games. I'm not talking about the combine for a second or free agency or anything of, of, of a part of that. For the longest time, it's been the senior bowl and then, you know, East West number two, but then like, yo, is NFL PA bowl creeping up? Or is there some, it's just the tiers, right? It's always been senior bowl and then just a big tier break. And I am excited because I think he does have an opportunity to challenge the senior bowl. And I think he does have that in the plan. So very re revealing conversation. I really enjoyed that thoroughly, to be honest. No, I, you know what I appreciate? And it was funny because he's a no player talking. And then you could tell he was geared up, ready to go. <laughs> he had certain players that I'm sure it was on his mind to like go into. But I mean, that's just how it maps. I mean, we're trying to talk about the business of football and, you know, learning that he has stuff planned for people that want to scout people that want to maybe break into industry as PR or whatever, you know, having some of his guys already get elevated to other jobs. I mean, be a pipeway to the next level through, through Vegas this year. And, you know, hopefully beyond through this um, adventure, this adventure that he's uh, set out on. So, you know, Eric's a guy I've, I've recently got to know just over the last 12 months or so. I haven't known him prior to that. Um, but I mean, you can tell he's detail oriented. He's obviously got his ducks in a row and he's really passionate about football and helping people. And honestly, the best personnel guys I've ever been around were passionate about finding players and telling their story and being a storyteller in the draft room to, to convince a team that this is the guy that they need to draft. So, you know, here's Eric getting an opportunity to do it with two rosters and uh, be able to tell the story of the, you know, the Shrine Bowl and these young players through two rosters that he's going to be able to create. So I think it's fantastic. I think the Shrine Bowl has got a hell of a advocate for, you know, their game in Eric. 
So, and again, Eric, if you're listening, obviously Ryan and I are here to support you in any way. So anything we can do to help you uh, fill some gaps for you, just let us know. Yeah. And the other thing I really like is the Twitter presence, because I feel like one thing that Jim Nagy has done well is he's very transparent about the selection process. He's very transparent about this is what the scouts are saying about these players. This is why we want them in Mobile, all that type of stuff. Eric has done a great job since he took over highlighting players that he's targeting. And I know that's why he wanted to do the player talk. And maybe we'll get him back on during the season. I think that will be fun to see how things have progressed as far as, you know, the the summer scouting, preseason scouting, and how his target list has kind of, you know, evolved during the season. I feel like that would be a great conversation. Hopefully we can have him back on for that. I think that it would be fantastic just to get a little player talk because, you know, I, I'm down for that all day, every day. I mean, if it was up for me, that whole – Q&A would have been like, oh, this player, this player. Yeah, I would have sat over here and just sipped my like, cocktail between you two. I would have just been like, okay, you guys got it. Oh, man. Uh, David, I can't wait to stop, start watching some 2022 guys, man. I can't wait, brother. I can't wait. I'm, I'm, I'm chopping on the bit to get this, some 2023. Oh, my but, God. You know, it, now, is, it, is it October yet? You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm not even entertaining it yet. Not even close. These guys Dude, haven't, I went these on, guys uh, haven't I went broken on. a sweat in a, in a fall camp yet, and people are naming first-rounders. It's like, come on. Brother, brother, brother. I will tell you, I went on a podcast earlier today with Ben Fennel and Fran, du- Fran Duffy, who do a great podcast, and we talked um, Big 12 mm-hmm. prospects. But I'm not even going to lie to you, David. The last section was like underclassmen that you're excited about in the future. And I had to talk about my boy B. John Robinson running back out of Texas, man, who is the truth. He's only going to be a true sophomore, rising sophomore. But you always got to be aware of these guys, David. That's, that's you know, that's how you do it around here, at least at rising. Again, I know you so you got to be aware of them. I'm just, I'm just not one to be on here talking about them until they've done something. And that's James Kirkland and I, when you listen to it, it's like, don't forget, you got kid, you got to do something on the field. You got to make sure you're doing what off the field stuff to get you right for the on the field stuff. So, you know, and again, I've seen a lot of kids blow up their heads and go, go into senior year and really crap the bed and then, you know, have, and then totally kill their draft market because, you know, their fantastic junior year didn't turn into a fantastic senior year. They lost their focus. And going back to the NIL conversation we had really quick was, that's one thing that we're worried about is that these kids go and make a hundred thousand dollars for a year, right? Even if it's not a million, it's just a hundred. Yeah. Like just get a hundred thousand dollars for a year and in their NIL stuff. And then they're just like, ah, they don't work as hard. They're enjoying that lifestyle too much. See the killer instinct that I, that I've always admired. And I, and he comes to mind so clearly because I just watched him, honestly, some highlights when I was in the hospital on this guy. But at Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan's ability to play the game at a high level consistently beyond the reach of most athletes at a high level. They're all NBA players. He was on top of them for such a long time. I mean, it was ridiculous, but his work ethic never stopped. His last year in the NBA, I want to say he got paid $60 million, but off the court, he got paid $160 million. So this is a man that was making nearly a quarter of a billion dollars in one year and his work ethic didn't stop. It didn't work. He was such a competitor. He was just going to town 
on on anybody who was at the gym at 4 a.m. And and again, you saw Colby adapt that type of work ethic and he talked to Mike about it. And and those players that do that kind of thing, they'll make it. They won't burn out. But I also remember when I was at the Miami Dolphins and I got in a conversation with Zach Thomas and we were just shooting the crap uh, at a lunch or something one day. And he goes, yeah, I already know which rookies are going to make it and which ones aren't. And I was like, how do you know? He's all because the ones that aren't going to make it, they show up at 655 when team meetings at seven. And when coach said you can go at three o'clock, they're out the door at 259, you know, and I was laughing because it's true. Him and uh, JT, Jason Taylor, and uh, Sam Madison, and that great Patrick Sertan defense, and all of those guys, they used to stay till like, you know, 545, watch tape, do, you know, maintenance and treatment, lift extra. They would come in at, you know, 615. They would be in there and they would get their lift in before practice and then do all their stuff. And that was Monday and Wednesday and thursday and then by friday they knew what they were doing so they could leave at two o'clock and go have family day and take their kids to the zoo whatever and then saturday do the walkthrough or board a plane and they were their their homework everything was done by thursday night but they put the work in early uh, a lot of these young kids they see that friday afternoon and think they that's every day for these guys it's like no this is a profession you gotta you gotta work at it and i'm just worried about these young kids even if they're high school kids and they're making some extra bread for their parents, getting getting that pressure put on them to make the money off the field, which then yeah. takes them away from what they have to do on the field or takes them away from being a young athlete, a young man or a woman, I should say, that, you know, to enjoy their life a little bit. You know, don't overload yourselves. It's a piece of advice I'm trying to give every one of them that come to Mavericks to work with us is, Hey, we're not going to overload you. We're really going to try to maximize your time and your dollars, but there's a limit. We're not going to go for the gusto and, uh, you know, overload you where you're, you know, 20 hours a week of appearances on top of football, on top of studies, on top of everything else, you know? Yeah. I, I would say this, David, I have been loosely compared to the Michael Jordan of draft analysts. You know, I'm always up at 4am in the film room and stuff. So I, I don't think you've ever been compared to that. <laughs> I can't. I'm putting, I can't. That in my bio. I'm, I'm putting that in my bio on Twitter. If it's on, if it's on the internet, it's gotta be true. I so, don't think so. Uh, <laughs> All right, so I want to talk the agent slant a little bit. I also sure. want to get in a little bit of the move to Vegas before we do as the world starts to open back up and workers return to the office place. Are you looking how to improve team dynamics? Maverick Sports Consulting is here to help you welcome your employees back to the workplace with some team building exercises. We will bring your company back together in an energetic way, a way that will motivate them to work together in person again. We are excited to help you welcome back your company to the in-person work environment. Sign up today at mavericksportsconsulting.com. All right, so the agent slant. This is really interesting, David, because I know you said you had talked to some of your agent friends. I talked to a good bit of agents as well. And my first thought was that's got to be a nice little opportunity to get in with – Athletes early, right? Guys that maybe aren't even draft eligible yet. And to work that magic and then, hey, down the road, we did business NIL. I got you some money. You know what I'm saying? So I 
asked an agent that I'm not going to say names, obviously I asked an agent friend. So I'm like, is that, is that like a, is that a, is that a perspective you're going for? Like, is that a plan of attack? And he's like, absolutely. And I will tell you, I have talked to five agent friends at this point and all of them are exactly the same, exactly the same. They're taking this NIL opportunity as an opportunity for future representation. That's where this relationship building and unfair, I don't, I don't know if unfair is the world. Is it morally correct? I want to kind of diagnose and dissect this relationship because I, I think you said it was maybe backhanded a little bit, I think was the term you used. It was something to that effect. But I will say there is something that doesn't sit completely right with me, but then also if I was an agent, I'd probably be doing the same thing. So oh, it's Pandora's just, box. It's 100% Pandora's box. Yes. And you have to play with the rules that are in front of you. So for these guys and gals that are agents, they have to. Because, again, if they don't, they're going to be off the bus. They're going to be low. You know, they're going to lose They're, they're going to lose out. They're going to lose right. out. Yeah. And, again, I think the shopping list is going to be the five-star athletes that get committed from high school going into college. As freshmen, oh. they're going to start, honest to God, five- and four-star athletes are going to get hit up by agencies and marketing firms that work for agencies, and they're going to be like, hey, we can get you a Nike deal. We can get you a playing card deal. We can get you uh, you know, a, a cola deal. We can get you a car from a local dealership. All you have to do is sign these this paperwork and you know, do these few things, and, and it's a done deal. We've already worked it out for you. Um, and like you said, if, if the young man or woman, depending on what sport it is and are looking for representation, Imagine getting Tiger Woods coming out of high school, bro. Well, that's what I was saying, too. And I'm going to let you finish your point. But, like, are these agents going to start targeting kids that are still in high school about to graduate? Like, what's the line here? What's the line? Is there a line? There isn't a line. There's, a line. It, there's no line. That's why it's – that's why it's – that's why I'm – that's, again, that's why – and after talking to my friends who aren't dirtballs by any means, but they're, they're having to play by these rules. And then I asked a few of them. I said – well, I actually asked a, a couple colleges when I approached them. I said, who are helping these kids right now? And they're like, dude, it's mom, dad, auntie, AAU coach. Right. Like it's uncle who, you know, feels like they, you know, maybe they owe him something. So uncle's trying to work on it to get himself a slice. And they're like, it's, it's going to be a dirty, a dirty pool field for a while. Because the, again, the colleges have been told to stay out of it. So, you know, again, an agent, is a good place to start. They're going to be able to represent you because they represent players all the time. So I get it. Yep. But if you want an unbiased, hands-off type approach who's you know, really not going to be hitting you up to represent you later, I think firms like myself, Betting Field Sports, you know, Blake, a good friend yep. of the show, um, you know, guys like James Kirkland, another good friend of the show, um, we're the type of play people that you want working in your corner because we, we can get you to the companies as well as represent you from a non a non selfish position, you know. Yeah. But again, age I can't fault the agents for doing it because again, it's a the NFLPA is allowing them to do it, college sports are allowing them to do it, and it's a perfect in. And you can take that, you know, five star athlete recruit before, uh, you know two months, three months, whatever, before they go to uh, signing day 
and you can start talking yeah. to those kids like, listen, I don't know if you're going to go to LSU, Auburn, wherever, but hey, I can work on your NIL deals right now for you, kid. And and boom, now the kid might be coming out of high school with $100,000 in his pocket in a car deal for, you know, whichever school he goes to, you know, that and he has to do some, you know, videos and some posts of him in his car. Yeah. Could you imagine how much Reggie Bush would have made, how much Cam Newton would have made the one year at Auburn, how much like Vince Young would have made on that miraculous Rose Bowl run? Like these dudes would have made so much. Well, money, again, man. and and it, look at just Dylan. We had her on the show a few weeks ago. Right. And Dylan's, yep. you know, top basketball, female basketball player coming out of Pocatello, Idaho, you know, when she came out, but she went to Vegas and she was trying to start a pop career and she would have made the money because her and her sister are, you know, ap- let's just be honest, they're absolutely stunning, beautiful women, but they're intelligent. They can market, they can deliver the message. And that's part of it. A lot of people don't understand, like being able to talk on camera is the big, it's the, it's the brand. Like if you can talk on right. camera and you can read their script, and deliver it and not just be a robot that's where you're going to get paid and you know gals like like dylan and these and other women that are going to be blow i think the woman market to me is going to blow up with this because they they have often more twitter followers and instagram followers than the men market and you know again you you and i we focus like you said on reggie bush matt leinert vince young well what about peyton manning and eli manning and and you know people that Brian, were born, Brian James coming out of high right, school, right? Like, like what? Born, well, I'm talking about like I mean, for me, I started thinking about like the the Eric Stokes. They have the name that the yeah. lineage and the name, so people already have name recognition with them, and now that name recognition can go to a product, and and so therefore now it's an easily transferable, especially when it comes to quarterbacks. And you have a face yep. and a name, and boom, here you go. You know, I don't. I would believe CAA is going to be over every five-star quarterback <laughs> as they come out of college, high school to get to get their NIL deals in place. You know. Yeah, could you imagine Bo Jackson too? Like multi-sport athletes, star like Kyler Murray right. a couple years ago, right? Like, like just. So many opportunities. You know, the one person I really thought about, though, with the name image likeness thing and and talking about, like, going down to the high school ranks. So there's this kid. His name is Quinn Ewers. He's a Texas high school quarterback who is the highest – I think he's the highest ranked quarterback to come out of high school ever coming out this year. Going to Ohio State, 6'3", like 205, 210 pounds already. And he has a mullet, right? Like, he has this blonde mullet, bro. Could you imagine how people are probably already approaching him about this? The kid's going to make so much money. He is literally the next golden boy. Like, he is Trevor Lawrence. Imagine how much money Trevor Lawrence would have made after his freshman season when he went on to win the national championship and was just a dominant force. Like, I'm curious to see how this plays out a little bit though because there is going to be some lines that are straddled i think a little bit well people are gonna side or the other but again it's like how are you gonna hand slap in this situation you know i think james and i touched on that a little bit too a couple weeks ago i was like you've given them the ability to go out and do it so and you're told the schools to be hands off so if a kid goes out and does something that crosses the line you know what i mean where's the line the line, the line is muddled right now. So kids don't know, parents don't know, schools don't know. 
and it's going to be a case by case review and a process. So again, I think there's a lot of ways to, to F this up, but I think there's a lot of ways to make a lot of money for a lot of kids. And it's not just the five-star kids. I'm not just on here saying, Oh, if you're not a five-star, you won't make money. Listen, young men and women, if you are dedicated to your craft and you are ready to, you know, hit the ground running, we can find ways to put cheddar in your pocket. It's not just going to be, it's not going to be million dollar deals. Don't get me wrong, but you're not, you're not going to be going hungry. You're not going to be cutting trees in the summer to, to make bills made. You know, I mean, you'll, you'll get, you'll have some money to make your bills made and, and everything. And we'll find ways to get it done. I mean, we're, you know, it's a creative process. You have to be an open-minded person to do some stuff, but again, building your social media, being able to talk on camera, those are some key, key factors on how to deliver the message and get it out there. And I know we kind of went out of order a bit, but I want to talk more in depth about the Vegas um, situation for the East West game. Cause I think that's a great way to kind of end our episode today. I know Eric Galco went very in depth on it. You know, it's, it's the partnership with the NFL. It's the extension of the pro bowl. It's being in Vegas. There are so many positives, David, let's quantify this though, to the best of our abilities. How big is this move potentially? I have to think it's astronomical potentially if it's done right. It, Vegas used to have a bowl game. It wasn't East West Shrine. It wasn't a partnership with the NFL, but it used to have a bowl game. And it was always well attended. Like there was always a lot of – because obviously it's a it's a, it's a it's a vacation destination where you can take the wife for a week and she can, you know, enjoy Vegas. You can take her to a couple shows, have some dinners. You know, like you, like we and I talked a little bit off camera. There's a potential for a very big job fair type situation where people looking to get into the industry can go hang out, run into people at casinos, at bars, at the local spots. I think Mobile's easier to run into people because it's a smaller place, and there's only a couple places right. like Veets that you're going to run into everybody because it's all a concentrated area, right? But you know, uh, in Vegas, it's a lot more spread out, a lot more people everywhere to do a lot of things. I think it's honestly a brilliant move, though, because the timing of of when it hits, is, I think it's going to be good weather in Vegas. It's going to be a good situation to have Vegas hosting it um, <clears throat> with the ability to have, like, like I said, all the entertainment stuff, be able to go to dinner. If you're a director and you take your guys out there and, you know, again, they can bring their wives. It's just good. I mean, as we know, the roads are grind and, this year, it looks like the, the guys are going to be able to get back out on the road and do more of the scouting traditionally. So, it, you know, it's going to be a great opportunity. And if Galco does what he hinted towards, I can't say he said because he didn't say it, but he hinted towards, you know, if he creates a scouting academy, kind of like what Senior Bowl has done, if he's creating a PR academy, if he's creating some of these other opportunities, I think it will be great for NFL teams to invest sending some of their – their directors and stuff there to speak at these events to help the next generation of scouts and next generation of PR uh, folks and next generation of maybe trainers, you know, that can come there and create almost like uh, what the NC2A does, you know, their coaching fair, right. You know, kind of create that environment, you know, along the strip or along the hotel to give people uh, that are trying to break in opportunity to run into folks. So again, a lot of opportunity, a lot of excitement around that. Uh, you know, it will see, it will be interesting to see how they, and again, it's all about the rosters. So it's going to be interesting yeah. to see how he competes and wins out over roster over senior bowl and what, what Nagy does 
to win out and get players to senior bowl. These are both uh, the two longest running games, if I remember correctly, and they have the longest history. Most players drafted both these games. So, you know, it's like two Titans lining up in the middle of the ring. Let's go. So uh, it's going to be fun to watch to see how this one pans out this year in the inaugural year. It's going to be very interesting because, I mean, shout out to Eric Galco again because I think, like, let's call it what it is. It's ballsy, man. He challenged the senior bowl almost immediately. He said, like you just said, let's get in the ring, baby. I'm not backing down from you. I am challenging you. I am going to assert myself in this space. And I applaud him for that because a lot of people probably wouldn't have done that. So I really do love the move. I think it's going to be really interesting because, I mean, honestly, like last year, year before, Jim Nagy calls you and sends the senior bowl invite, right? You're like, yes. I'm going to the Senior Bowl. That's easy. There's decisions to be made now. And there is not only decisions, Jim Nagy and Eric Galco and other games probably too, I mean, to a lesser degree, um, actually to a higher degree, I should say, are now going to have to sell what they're bringing to that athlete and to what what they're bringing to these agents, right? Like it's not a slam dunk anymore. They literally have to present – their game, present their history, present what they are giving to them in a weak structure. It's not anymore just the prestige, you know, open and shut case for the senior bowl. Literally, these men are going to have to present themselves, present their game, present their case, and let a player make a decision. I don't think we've have ever seen that before, to my to my recollection. And I think it is fascinating to see down down there well like you like you alluded to in the intro right i mean when the the senior bowl was the golden ticket i mean everybody wanted the senior bowl and the combine invite if you had a senior bowl and a combine invite you were good as gold to get drafted okay (laughs) good as gold to get drafted you know the silver ticket was always east west shrine and then the nflpa was the bronze but it was coming up like the nflpa was challenging really was uh for the east west for a few years so, you know, it was starting to challenge them. But now East West got tired of holding the silver and they're going for the gold. So, like I said, it's going to be interesting to see how these rosters pan out and grade out, you know, come come uh, nut cutting time. <laughs> nut cutting time. Not just say nut cutting time. That was fantastic. <laughs> I'm going to get somebody to clip. I'm going to get somebody to clip that. No pun intended and see if we get that on Twitter. That's fantastic. Um Yes, but no, a lot of different layers. I think it's a fascinating conversation. David Turner, let me ask you if you are still in, in the scouting industry, which I know you'll be back in soon, but if we are a current NFL scout right now and you got given the choice, your scouting director called and is like, hey, I'm a, you're a seasoned vet. I'm going to give you the choice. You can go down to Mobile, Alabama and see maybe the best of the best, or you can go over to East West, which might be a little more scout shop, but you get to go to Vegas. What would the choice be? It would honestly, you know me, I'm such a nerd when it comes to the, the scouting. It would depend on roster. It would depend on where my yeah. player, if I had a quarterback competing in one of them, I would be wherever my quarterback was because that's when I have to represent in the room and I have to see him throw and compete all week. If I had a, a you know, a first rounder somewhere, uh, I would go see the first round grade guy because <laughs> that's who I'm on the table for. I've already put a first round grade on him, right? If I um so for me it's it would always be roster. It wouldn't I've been to both cities. Like I told Eric, I'm literally 45 minute flight from there. I'm a four hour drive from Vegas. So going to Vegas to me isn't as special as it's fun. Don't get me wrong, it's fun. 
but I still like going to Mobile too because you know I go down there, have a couple beers and some fried oysters, and and I'm good to go. So you know, it's it's uh, the history and the richness of Mobile is just as attractive as Vegas to me. I love it, man. I love it. And we are coming right up on an hour. We want to thank everybody that was able to join us tonight. We really appreciate all the continuous sport here from Maverick Sports Consulting and Mav Sports Take. Going to give David Turner, of course, his last-minute shout-out. I know next week we'll probably have another fantastic interview. We'll let you know what it is. We'll probably give you some secret sauce into scouting. But we really do, again, want to thank everybody so much for the interactions and the support that you have given us. want to ask you if you could give us a rating. Give us a uh, review on Apple Podcasts. Send some love to your favorite sports podcast, business podcast, giving you the inside look into the sporting world. We would really appreciate it. We can like, share, word of mouth. Just get it out there. Mass Sports Take is the place to be. Tuesday nights, 8.30 Eastern time. David Turner, it's been a couple weeks, my friend, giving you the final word of tonight. What you got? I got two. I'm going to start with a good one. Okay. Congratulations yeah. to Dan Vantrelli for uh, getting selected to be the new president of the Oak, or the Las Vegas Raiders. Excuse me. Dan and I worked together for many, many years while I was there, and he's a close, dear friend. And Mark Bedane, uh, uh, re- up and uh, retired yesterday, I guess resigned is a better word for it. And when uh, you know they opened up the books, as us Italians would say, uh, Dan's name came to the top and he's now the, uh, the president of the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. So I couldn't be more happy for him than, uh, than I am tonight. I, I didn't see that news yesterday. And one of my friends who knew him and I were tight called me today, like, Hey, your guy got it. And I was like, what are you talking about? But uh, I was really excited for Dan. He's been there at the organization for many, many years. He's a trusted individual in the organization and in the league. So, um, you know, God bless him and his family. That's just incredible news, and I'm so happy for him. And, and then secondly, I'll end with the sad news is uh, Greg Knapp, a dear friend, uh, was riding his bike over the weekend. I think it was Saturday, and he got hit by a car. Uh, Knapp is – Napper, as we all call him, is, uh, is a, you know, a brilliant offensive mind. He was a quarterback coach, and he's an offensive coordinator. He's bounced back and forth. You know, he's known for a slick back jet black hair uh, and just an incredible individual. He's one of the unicorns in our business. And I don't say that lightly as anybody who's ever listened to me. I'm usually telling people to fuck off and I don't like them. But Napper was <laughs> Napper is not only a brilliant individual. He didn't always have to be the smartest guy in the room. He was a guy that really was uh, edu- educated everybody around him. And he was a guy that I worked with. And I hope to work with again soon and hope, you know, we're, we're praying for his recovery um, because he's just, uh, he's an amazing energy. Always put family first, always put individuals first, always put feelings first in order to deliver his message and what he was saying. He just wasn't one of those guys to curse you out or get after you. He was a teacher by all sense of the word, no matter whether it was with your family or with uh, the players or evaluating he was a teacher uh, with me personally in the room. I could tell you he taught me a great number of things, both on and off the field. So, um, you know, I'm praying for his recovery and I'm praying that he, you know, he pulls through because his family deserves to have him around for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely wishing him the best in his hopefully very speedy recovery. Of course, Greg Knapp has been around the NFL. I think his first year was like 1995, I think I heard. So he's been around a long time, been around some of the greats. New York 
Jets is where his destination is currently. Correct? That's his current that station. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yep. So best wishes to him. I think that's a great ending to to you know to conclude the show with today. We appreciate everybody again for taking some time with us. Shout out to Eric Galto. Shout out to every supporter. Again, like, share, review, and rate Mav Sports Take, your favorite podcast for the sports world, business of sports, and all under that umbrella. We look forward to seeing you again, same time, same place, next week, 8.30 Eastern Time. Thank you all. Thanks for listening to another episode of Mav Sports Take. Connect with us on social media, share your thoughts on today's episode, and tell us what we should take on next time on Mav Sports Take. Want more from our hosts, David and Ryan? Visit maverick.sportsconsulting.com and learn how we can help you take the next step in your sports career. Until next time, this is Mav Sports Take. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.